I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to an episode of Land Grant Holy Land Stick to Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Tamanini, and as always, I am joined by the one and only Jordan Williams. Jordan, man, how you doing? Uh, honestly, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a good day, good, a good weekend, so I uh, can't nice. complain. How are you? Good, good. It's uh, starting to get hot here in Central Florida. It's starting to get to the time of the year when I don't go outside other than to walk from my air-conditioned house to my air-conditioned car, into air-conditioned buildings and back again. <laughs> so that's the only time it's acceptable to go outside in Central Florida, really starting now through like maybe the end of September um, when it starts to get a little cooler. But we make up for it when it's like January and you can still go outside in shorts. This, this is true. That's, that yeah. must be very nice. It is very nice. I love it a lot. Uh, well, despite the fact that we're kind of in this weird college football, like no man's land, it's after spring practices are all finished and before summer workouts have really started. And we've still got a couple weeks until all hell breaks loose and the recruiting dead period ends. We still got a ton of Ohio State and college football news last week. And it came in all sorts of bizarre shapes and sizes, yes. Jordan. Some of it was very weird. Some of it was a bit oddly kind of humorously controversial, and some of it just honestly made me laugh a, a lot. Um, we aren't going to get into the most salacious of stories that hit Buckeye Nation last week, but Chris and I did talk about the whole masseuse thing on Friday's episode of Buck Off here in this very podcast feed. So if you want to hear our takes on that just literally after, I mean, wow, news was actually still breaking um, hop back one episode in the podcast feed, but we're not going to talk about that, Jordan. We're going to get into one Ohio State story that is causing a lot of healthy debate in our Twitter mentions and one big picture college football story that um, just kind of makes you like tilt your head to the side and like look kind of oddly like you're confused about things because the Pac-12 is going to Pac-12. But Always. before we do that, yeah, it's like what they do. <laughs> uh, but before we do that, it's just a reminder that here on Stick to Sports, we talk about the things around the periphery of Ohio State Athletics, as well as the things that keep us distracted and entertained in between games. And as always, we will end today's episode with a recommendation. Um, but Jordan, the thing that we're going to start with is the fact that Fox announced the uh, game times or the first round of game selections mm -hmm. for um, this year's college football TV schedule. And as most fans know, recently, a few years ago, Fox ended up getting the first round of selections when it comes to Big Ten Football rights. So how this works is that every weekend they get the first selection or selections into which weekly Big Ten games they want to put on their networks. And then ESPN and ABC have their selections after that. That means that Ohio State has been playing a lot of games, as you are probably very well aware, on Fox, often with uh, Gus, and Joel and Jenny on uh, the main broadcast. And one of the things that comes up with that is that a lot of these games are going to be at noon. 
And that is because, as we've talked about in this podcast feed, I've talked about with Ben Koo from Awful Announcing quite a bit, um, the SEC on CBS kind of owned that 3.30 window with the biggest game of the week. ABC slash ESPN had the night game, big, uh, the big window. So Fox wanted to be able to own the noon game. So since Ohio State is the most powerful brand in the Big Ten in terms of ratings, that is where a lot of Ohio State games are. So far, they announced three games that they've selected. The first one is the opening game of the season. Ohio State will be playing at Minnesota. That's going to be on a Thursday night, so that will not be noon game. We don't exactly know the time, but it will obviously be in prime time. The next two, honestly, Jordan, were not a surprise to me at all. Like, if you would have asked me ahead of time, I would have said, yeah, of course those are going to be noon games. Of course those are going to be what Fox wants. But on um, Saturday, September 11th, which is week two, Ohio State will host Oregon at noon. And then, as is tradition, the game will be played at noon on November 27th. But, man, Jordan, people are all over this. Some people love noon games. Some people hate noon games. Um, Brad Ludwigsack on our team at LGHL wrote um, an article about how much he hates not noon games in general, but big new, like big games being at noon on Saturday. And a lot of people have a lot of feedback about that. Where do you come down on what you think about Ohio State playing a lot of games and a lot of their big games in that first noon window? Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried to say this. You know, someone may find me in my mentions, but I have to be one of the few uh, who not only, you know, accepts it, but I actually love it. I actually look forward to the games being at noon. And I know that doesn't make sense to anyone. Like prime time is the it's prime time for a reason. But for me personally, I look at it like this. Well one, I remember uh when the noon window was kind of like boring and like you had to wait until three thirty yeah. and you had to wait until eight and I'm personally, especially when Ohio State's on, I'm not someone that likes to flip back and forth. So I would hate when it's like we have Ohio State versus Penn State, and we have Alabama versus Georgia, and we have Clemson versus Florida State or whatever good game, and they're all at 8 o'clock, and you're like, okay, so I can't watch any of these games, or I have to only watch the Ohio State one. And also, you know, I wake up for college football, and I wake up for Ohio State, and maybe maybe I'm just impatient, but I love that the first game I see is the game that I'm typically most excited for. And as you already mentioned, CBS had the 3.30 window, ABC, ESPN had the 8. So then it's like I'm also getting good games the entire day. I get to wake up. I get to watch Ohio State first. I don't have to worry about what they're going to do. I get that excitement out the way. And then I get to watch whatever the best game at 3.30 is, whatever the best game at 8 o'clock is. You know, those 3.30 and 8 o'clock games, I may, you know, jump around and kind of get a little bit more. So I'm personally a big fan of it. I don't like waiting until 8.30. to watch, especially because they start at like 8.50 with all the commercials and all that other kind of stuff. I 1,000% get why uh, people don't like it, especially because not everyone is in a position like I am where I work Monday through Friday. So if you you know work on Saturdays, you may not get off until later and things like that. But me personally, I like it. I prefer it. I love the Fox's broadcast. Um, so that's just where I land on it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and I've kind of said this in our mentions to people, like, just because you do or don't like noon games doesn't, this isn't like something to argue and like get mad about, mm-hmm. but people are getting mad about yeah. it. I don't really understand. Um, what's going to be interesting, Jordan, is in 2024, um, ESPN and then by extension ABC will be the exclusive rights holder for the SEC and they won't be on CBS anymore. So I'm wondering what they'll do with that. Will they try to own that noon window as well will they still put this the best game uh at 3 30 like cbs had it'll be interesting to see how this whole television landscape on college football scheduling evolves uh in the coming years but you know for me I, you know this will be my sixth season of ohio state football while working at land grant holy land so that kind of has changed my perspective on game times because um especially over the last, this will be my third or fourth year, like doing the tweets during the game. So I used to write a bunch of recaps and then I took over doing the Twitter. This may be my third season of doing the Twitter. So like I'm working during the game. I mean, if you want to call it tweeting, you know, during the game working, but I mean, it's like, well, if that's it's the like, case, I, I work too. Cause I live tweet yeah. every game, even though all of my followers hate it. Yeah, well, yeah, Um, that's why we have followers on our Twitter is for mainly for our game uh, tweets. But like it's a little different because I am like you where I want the game. I don't mind the games being early, like because that means I can get up, I can watch either game day and or I usually flip back between that and big noon kickoff um, and see all that kind of stuff, get myself ready, pull up rosters, do all that kind of stuff. And then I'm able to watch that. Uh, the uh, all of the pregame stuff, tweet live during the game, and then maybe write a column during the three thirty window, and then I can like watch the second half of the three thirty game, and then uh, the evening games. Like are, I'm all free, um, so like I'm fine with it. I don't mind it. I do think what Brett's article mainly touched on is that the problem isn't necessarily noon games. The problem is an over reliance on noon games, mm-hmm. and then where there's too many of them. I do think he has a point there because like. One of the reasons that Urban Meyer really wanted to push Ohio State to having as many primetime games as possible is because of the recruiting advantages. Yes, there are generally multiple primetime games with good teams on, but there's just fewer games on uh, in prime time. So there is a recruiting element to this as well, where it's uh, it's nice to have your team on in a big marquee primetime game. But then also... There's the hype factor. Like Ohio State and Oregon is going to be a big game, and I lo- actually I love this being a noon game because it's going to be 9 a.m. Pacific time. So they're, the Oregon's players are like going to need to get there like a week in advance, so they're not completely uh, on the wrong t- body clock. So that that's kind of fun for me. I like that. But like you know, you kind of want to have a bit of buildup for these you know big Power Five interconference games and like i understand that that's missing when you're at noon yes it's still you know exciting there's plenty of hype for it but it's still not the same when it's not under the lights do you feel that too at all honestly i think there are very few games i feel that for uh personally i never want to see an ohio state penn state game at noon especially if it's at Penn State. I always want that to be a night game. I think that's always going to be a night game. But in general, 
I'm very impatient uh, with certain things. Like I don't even watch TV shows when they're on TV because I don't like cliffhangers. So like when I'm watching, you know, cause I literally, I wake up at like eight or nine, do my, you know, stuff around the house. And then once 10 o'clock hits, I'm in front of the TV. And so seeing like 10 million commercials about the eight o'clock game and like all, like every broadcast talking about it and plugging it throughout the entire day, I'm like, all right, so now can it just be eight o'clock? So I get that in theory. And there are definitely certain games I feel that way about. But and when it comes to Ohio State, at least, I want to wake up and watch that game. Now, I do get that with other games, though. Like, so I don't know. Maybe it's just the Ohio mm-hmm. State thing. Like, I just want to watch that game first. I don't want to yeah, wait yeah. for that. But like with like some of the bigger games in other conferences, because I do love like I'm just a college football fan. I watch every game. I watch Maction. I love Maction. Um, so oh, <laughs> so like with other games, I do get that. But I just think when it comes to Ohio State, I want that at 12. I want to sit down watch it, not be worried about anything else, and then go and enjoy the rest of the day as a fan. Yeah, and that makes total sense. And again, this isn't like for a lot of years, I was a a club, college, and high school uh, baseball and softball coach. So like a lot of times, like I was, I was you know, coaching um, during the fall because I've uh, worked in states either that had high school ball in the fall or coaching college fall seasons or club teams or whatever. So like I missed games because of coaching. Um, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. If you're missing with work, it's just like, if you're sitting down in front of the TV, like there's something about the noon game that just feels different, mm-hmm. not necessarily better or worse um, than a prime time game. I, I advocate for the mix. Like I want to see a mix. I want to see a couple prime time games. I want to see, you know, some noon games. I don't mind the three thirty games. Like, I think that's kind of the best of both worlds because like, I feel like after that noon game, my juices are flowing. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, but I didn't have to wait too, too long. Uh, but then also, like, I can sleep in a little bit and not have to worry about going right into game mode right away. So uh, I'm interested uh, to see what a lot of people have to say. So let us know if you listen uh, what your preferences are in terms of when Ohio State kickoffs are noon, 330 uh, prime time, or do you, would you prefer Ohio State did like some uh, Pac-12 after dark times, like kickoff at midnight? Like that could be fun. I wouldn't mind that. I would I would watch an Ohio State Oregon Pac twelve after dark. I would. Yeah. Well, of course you would. I mean, we all would. Yeah. We'd watch it whenever it is. But like, or uh, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna take a real quick break here for a word from our sponsors before we get into a very Pac twelve topic, because the Pac twelve is always gonna Pac twelve. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
All right, we are back. And as I said before the break, the Pac-12 just continues to do what the Pac-12 does. And it was interesting because last Thursday, uh, the Pac-12 was finally going to announce the name of their new commissioner. It had been a long, arduous search with a bunch of people who had been rumored turning it down or not working out. No one knew who this person was. A lot of rumors had actually started to pop up um, about it potentially being Ohio State's Gene Smith. Because, coincidentally, the press conference or announcement about this whole masseuse investigation dropped around the same time. So people thought maybe Ohio State was going to announce that Gene Smith, who coincidentally had been formerly the athletic director at the Pac-12's Arizona State, might be leaving. Stuart Mandel shot that down. Then, of course, we here at Lane Grant Holy Land decided that it had to be Bill Walton and no one other than Bill Walton for Pac-12 commissioner would be acceptable. Unfortunately, the great and the good Bill Walton was not named Pac-12 commissioner, but the Pac-12 did the most Pac-12-iest option possible, and they hired George Klievkoff as the new Pac-12 commissioner. He is somebody who most people in sports media and sports uh, and college sports administration have no idea who he is because he has zero experience working in college sports. Um, he's a sports and media executive. He has previously worked with MLB Advanced Media, which is who does MLB TV, which is uh, one, one of the most groundbreaking apps in, in all of sports. So that makes sense. He's worked with NBC Universal, The Hearst, uh, the newspaper group. And most recently, he has worked for MGM Resorts, doing a lot of their uh, big events and stuff like that. It's super interesting because the last guy that they had... <clears throat> Uh, as the Pac-12 commissioner, had no real college sports um, experience as well. And we know how well that went with Larry Scott. So, Jordan, I don't I don't know about this. Like, this is weird. Ohio State had some issues, or not Ohio State, the Big Ten had some issues with hiring their commissioner, Kevin Warren, who I was actually really excited about. And I still kind of give a pass through the whole COVID thing on because it was so new. But, like, while he had sports background, being in the front office of the Minnesota Vikings, he didn't have college sports uh, background, and that's a whole different animal. So what are your thoughts on George Klievkoff taking over as the new Pac-12 commissioner? My, my thoughts are this. One, it's very clearly obvious why they did this. They did this because the Big Ten and the SEC are making like three times the amount of money that they're oh, making least. and their media rights deal is coming up and he's in media. And, you know, I've listened to other podcasts and things like that. And he's worked for different TV companies. He's worked for Hulu. And so they're looking at maybe, you know, he's going to bring some more of the digital aspect and all that other kind of things. And I think all that's great. But one thing that stuck out to me that someone else said, so I'm not stealing this as an original thought is they said, when it comes to the media deal, you were going to have to get a consultant anyway. So to hire your commissioner based around the media deal when you were already going to hire a consultant doesn't necessarily make sense because he still has to do the day-to-day -day work of working with colleges, yeah. college presidents, athletic directors, things like that. And I just feel like, you know, college is, is doing this a lot, even with athletic directors, like they're getting out of, you know, for a very long time, you know, it was you were a coach and then you went up to an athletic director and they're kind of getting out of that and getting into more business people. 
which, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But as you mentioned, college football is such a unique product. Like, I, I just don't think, especially at the highest level, you can just come in and, and just because it's different, especially if you're if you're not in sports or if you're in professional sports, like the fan loyalty, the, the traditions, even uniforms like, you know, uniform changes in college football yeah. can be a big thing. We see it every single year. People asking for a different uniform or this uniform that they remember, like, oh, we want where's the 1953 championship team uniform? Bring that back. Like all the little details matter in college football. And if you you don't know it. It's very hard. And I just think at the highest level, you need someone with that background. Um, even like you mentioned, Kevin Warren had sports background, but it was NFL. And and even amongst the things, the mistakes that he made and giving him the pass for COVID, there's just a couple of things that like I just feel like if he had college football background, he would have done better. Certain news releases or just like, you know, little things. He would have said something different or he would have just understood the importance of trying, at least trying to get the season off instead of just canceling it and things like that. And so, you know, maybe it works out in the instance that like, I don't think the Pac-12 is ever going to eclipse the Big Ten and SEC deal just because of the teams, the staying power, the fans, things like that. But maybe and, it gets them a little bit. And the closer. time slot, too. Yeah. Like that that's a big part of it, too. So maybe it gets them a little bit closer in money. But I just feel like it's something that they may regret because how is he going to handle the day to day? How is he going to handle college football coaches? How is he going to handle athletes? How is he going to manage the relationship between athletic directors and presidents, especially if the president is similar to him and doesn't have any sports background? Now you have all the presidents with no sports background, the commissioner with no sports background, and you have the athletic directors and the coaches like begging and like clawing and fighting for like, please can we make football relevant? Like, can you do something? <laughs> so I, I, I'm not the biggest fan. You know, I'm willing to give him a chance, obviously. But, like, I just think they kind of fumbled the bag on it. I just think it's you shouldn't get someone so far removed from from football, from college sports in general. Yeah. Well, and he said something that was interesting that I think a lot of people have taken and run with. He said towards the end of his uh, introductory press conference, which was done on Zoom, obviously, he said that they were going to focus on the revenue generating sports, which is football and men's basketball. Um, And I I would not be surprised if a lot of Pac-12 schools actually do pretty well with women's uh, basketball and gymnastics and stuff like that because um, they have a lot of programs in softball even um, have a lot of really good programs there. But if you're going to focus on football and men's basketball, Um, that's actually not a bad strategy for a commissioner to come in and say, one, because those are the sports that most people care about. But also, if that generates revenue, you're going to have money for all of the other sports as well. Um, You know, we've had this conversation on Land Grant Holy Land uh, a bunch in different podcasts and articles like, I don't think most sports need to make money. Like I, I'm fine with a lot of these sports losing money between scholarships and facilities and travel and, and all of that stuff. That's fine. This is a college institution. They don't need to make money on the backs of every athlete, but you have to make some money somewhere. Um, and that's going to come from, like you said, the TV rights. As a college football fan, much like you, Jordan, like I want the Pac-12 to be relevant. I want those games to mean something. I want to be able to watch as many games as possible because while they've kind of been down the last few years, the Pac-12's kind of been a mess, there are good teams. Oregon's one of them. I mean, um, 
you know, we've had, uh, you know, USC kind of coming back on the rise. Stanford's been relevant-ish in the last few years. I would not mind watching some Herm Edwards games down uh, at Arizona State. You know, you throw in Utah and the Washington, and, and Washington has been good in recent years. Like, I want to be able to watch as many of those games as possible. But just to be honest, I'm getting old, and some of those games start super late. So I'm not necessarily a huge fan of them playing a ton of their games at 9 a.m. Eastern time, but like I'd love it if some of their games were actually on networks that more than 56 people in the country had, which is basically what they have in the Pac-12 network. So if they're going to focus on football and men's basketball and trying to generate revenue off of those, I think that means TV. You're absolutely right. And while I'm not necessarily a huge fan of individual Pac-12 teams, I'm a fan of college sports, and I think that is going to be good for us in the rest of the country as well. Yeah, I agree 100%. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking of two things. One, uh, you had already mentioned with ESPN getting the, you know, SEC thing, um, what is going to happen with the 330 slot? Well, here's my thing. You know, not that you have to compete with, you know, Alabama and things like that, but the 330 slot should be the Pac-12 slot. Like, if they play their best games there, which is noon for them, which just makes most sense, you know, like play at noon or 11 and and get your best games in that slot so everyone can see them. Like, why are we watching your best games at 2 in the morning? Um, and then the other thing... And then the other thing I was thinking, you know, I'm 26. I already mentioned that, so I don't mind saying that. Um... You know, I hear of all of this time, and I know it when when the Pac-12 was one of the best conferences. You think of the Pete Carroll USC teams. You think, yeah. you know, we all the flashback games of the USC versus Texas and and all of the, you know, the throwback Rose Bowl games. And I just think, like, I feel like as a college football fan, I'm kind of missing something. Because, I, you know, for some of those, I was 10 in 2005 when that game happened. I don't really remember that. And so, like, I want the Pac-12 to be good, just like I want tech. Like, I don't really remember when Texas was good, you know? And there's all these historic programs and these conferences who, for the, the the sports time that I remember, that I can actively recall, they've just been terrible. So as a fan, like, I would love to see USC win another championship, even, if, even though that means that Ohio State didn't win that year, but we're not going to win every year. I would love to see Texas at least compete, you know? And so... I think that the Pac-12 is missing a lot of things. And it, and it really, you know, it, it really sucks because they used to have it. You know, it'd be different if they never have it. Like if they never had USC's run, you know, if, you know, it, it, but they have. And, and people remember that. Like that really wasn't that long ago, if you think yeah. about it. And so it's, it's time for them to come back. You know, it's time for them to come back up. Um, and I hope that even though we just kind of, said we didn't necessarily agree with the commissioner. Maybe he is the one to do it. Um, Because if he's not, I mean, it's going to take 10 to 15 years to fire him. So let's be honest, if he's not, the Pac-12 is just going to be bad for a while. So, But I really hope they come up. I really hope that they figure it out. I do think that 330 window would be perfect. Um, And maybe, you know, one thing that happened is the Pac-12 owns their own company. So if, you know... For the network. Yeah, the network. network, I'm sorry, yeah. The Pac-12 owns their own network. So, like, as we mentioned, Fox has the majority of the Big Ten network. Um, Just about every other network is owned by ESPN. And I I hope that if they sell that back to ESPN or Fox, 
Fox probably makes the most sense that the leaders of the TV network are going to be like, hey, we're going to get you some 12 o'clock games, even though that's not the best. We, me and you, at least care about the players. I don't want them all playing at nine in the morning. But right. let, let's 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 at least compete with the 331. Though. Let's at least compete. You know, let's let's get some. There's going to be someone who gets tired of hate watching Alabama and might throw on an Oregon game <laughs> or a USC yeah. game or an Arizona. St- I love Herm Edwards. So like, yeah, I do, too. I hope they. I hope they figure it out. Maybe they listen to this podcast. I think maybe you, me and you fixed it. You know, maybe we can uh, we consult. Yeah, I'm there for it. I'm, I'm look. I'm willing to consult Pac-12. Yeah, look, I was at so my first job out of college was working for the Big Ten Conference, and I was there when they were starting to work on the idea of the Big Ten Network. That's how old I am, um, and it had not started yet. I don't even think it had been announced publicly yet. But at the time, the Big Ten owned 51% of the network. Fox owned 49 After it had gone on the air for, I think, a decade or something and had been successful, Fox bought controlling interest, which was actually always part of the plan. The Big Ten didn't want to be in charge, but they wanted to make sure that they had control as to how things would be run as it got set up. I think that makes that's a perfect model for the Pac-12, which already has a little bit of the infrastructure for the Pac-12 network to be like, okay, look, we're going to run this. We're going to be in charge, but we want to bring on a partner like Fox, who is trying very desperately to get a bigger foothold in college sports to be a partner for that, to figure out a way to, to, to make this a more palatable situation so that it can get on more cable subscription fees, can be out there and can be available across the country. And so that more games are going to be visible. That also means that not only will the Pac-12 network be able to be on, you know, more cable providers around the country and satellite and all that stuff. But then also that's probably going to make it more likely that they're going to be on the regular Fox or even Fox Sports 1. Like that's a network that I watch games on on FS1 all the time when they're interesting games. You put some Pac-12 games on there, I'm going to watch it. So I I, I agree with you that I, I don't think this was the choice that I would have made. But if, the, if you've got a TV guy coming in to be the commissioner, let's just go all in on the Pac-12, figuring out TV and making it readily available for all college football fans across the country. And, and not only that, as we tie everything back to Ohio State, if the if you know, as it should be, as it should. Be. Right. If Fox gets controlling interest or at least a very close interest in the Pac-12 and they can finally start playing good football again, maybe that benefits Ohio State and that there's competition for that 12 o'clock game. So now maybe we're getting USC games at 12 o'clock. Maybe we're getting Oregon games at 12 o'clock and that makes some Ohio State fans happy because now their game is getting moved to 3.30 or 8. Because, I mean, (laughs) Ohio State is still one of the biggest brands, but like if USC is good and Ohio State is playing like Illinois or Rutgers or something like that. And it, like, would you not want to see uh, a USC Oregon game, an totally. Arizona State USC game at that 12 o'clock? So I think it also could benefit Ohio State because they're most likely going to go to Fox. It would benefit Ohio State fans because Ohio State would may be the biggest draw, but it wouldn't be the only draw. And so Fox would have more room totally. to put into that 12 o'clock window because now it's really only Ohio State, like, like they really can only put Ohio State there to really draw. That's why they end up on Ohio State's campus like three times out the year. Yeah, which is fine with me. Like I, I love that. Be you know them being on campus and getting as much pub for Ohio State. Um, but yeah, so we will see. I'm, I'm excited. I'm just talking about all the different college football windows and games and stuff. Like I'm, I'm juiced. Like I want it to fast forward. What like three and a half months? So it's college football season already. But. 
We're going to have to wait, unfortunately. All right, Jordan, let's wrap up the show with um, some recommendations uh, where we talk about things that aren't necessarily sports related, but things that we are into at the moment. Uh, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, I can go first. Uh, so All right, go for it. My recommendation this week is actually an album. Um, J. Cole just released his sixth studio album called The Off Season. Uh, in my opinion, it was very good. Um, it's one of his. I won't, I won't say one of his better albums because all of his albums are good, but it's something that he personally has hyped up um, a lot because he took a different route to this album and, you know, really just finding some peace in himself and things like that. And I think that showcases in the album. Um, and so if you like hip hop, if you like rap music, even if you don't, uh, I think that's a great album to check out. Uh, it's called, again, The Off Season by J. Cole. Uh, so that's my recommendation. Nice. Um, mine is something that actually has a little bit of, a, actually a lot of bit of Ohio connection. So hopefully some folks listening to this will be interested uh, in this. So I don't know if I've said it when we, when we've done a show together, Jordan, but longtime listeners will know that I work full time for a, uh, a podcasting network and it is mostly almost completely true crime. We released a new show this past week. The first three episodes are available now. It is called Murder in Alliance and it is actually about a murder that happened in Alliance, Ohio, uh, about an hour outside of Cleveland back in 1999. Uh, a 26-year-old woman, mother of five, was found murdered in her home. Her ex-boyfriend and the father of one of her children, David Thorne, um, became a suspect. And even though he was completely not there, he had an alibi. He was at a martial arts class. Um, it, someone confessed to having killed, him, killed her and said that he was hired by David to do it. There's been no physical evidence, and he has denied it from the beginning. So one of our regular hosts, Maggie Freeling, um, is doing a deep dive into this case to see if... David is actually somebody who has been in prison for over 20 years, despite not having committed uh, the crime that he is uh, that he was convicted of. So it's a really fascinating case with a lot of intrigue, a lot of twists and turns. Like I said, the first three episodes of Murder and Alliance is out now anywhere you get your uh, your podcasts or if you want to head over to murderinalliance.com you can get all the information but it's really really good uh, i didn't have anything to do with this one but i uh, listened to the first three episodes uh yesterday actually while i was uh, out running errands and it's is really really fantastic maggie's a great host and uh everybody in it is is really interesting and the story is really compelling so check out murder and alliance wherever you get your podcasts all right, that is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land Stick to Sports Podcast. If you are finding this episode on our website, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your daily dose of podcasting goodness. And if you like this particular brand of, uh, of show, head over to Apple, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a rating and review. But if it's not going to be five stars, just don't bother. Why would you be that guy? Just don't do that. Uh, also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33, and you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt. Jordan, not only am I going to ask you for your social media, but also don't forget to plug your other podcast, man. Yeah, uh, so you can find me on social media at uh, Black underscore Royalty 8. Also, um, as Matt mentioned, I do have another podcast. It's called Get Defensive Podcast. Uh, so you can find that anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You can find us on social media at Get Defensive Pod. Um, and if you're into basketball, 
we are basically going to be a basketball podcast until uh, the summer start, until football starts. So we'll be talking about all the playoff games. We always do a friendly challenge. So we're going to have a bracket, all these other kind of things. So definitely check us out. Thanks. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you all to, uh, to everybody who's listening. We will talk to you again soon. And as always, go Bucks.